0: Hello, everyone. My name is Stephen Platt, and I'm the host of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. For more information about this and other shows, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Thought Jar Productions or at Thought jar prods. If you would like to receive the latest episodes of the Cinema Catch Up Club, please subscribe to this podcast series on iTunes and SoundCloud. And now, here is this week's episode. Order. So, testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, do-re-me.
1: Toasting, testing. Toast! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch Up Club. My name is Stephen Platt, and thank you very much for downloading. This week, we are reviewing one of the most important films in American film history, or at least from the 20th century. We're talking about The Godfather. Joining me to discuss The Godfather, we have two people, one who has seen the film and one who has not. So our uh, person who has not seen the film is sitting to my left and it is Kate Willoughby. Kate, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Stephen, thanks for having me.
0: That's okay. And uh, just just tell the people at home a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, so uh, right now I just got, as a 23 year old, just got my first part time job. Pretty proud of myself, so I'm leaving the casuals you know, behind, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, working with um, uh, some theatre. I don't want to say the name of it just in case if I do swear. Um, So if I do (laughs) represent it. But yeah, so I do a lot of sort of performance and stuff. I go to schools and education and and performance and stuff like that. So
0: Cool. So you work in our local arts scene.
1: Local arts, yes, performing and and stuff like that. Excellent.
0: All right. And joining us as our uh, person who has seen the film is Alex McVeigh. Alex, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much for having me, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Okay. And Alex, uh, just tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, Well, I have a a slightly different experience. I currently work as a lawyer for the Securities and Investments Commission, uh, but anything I do say in this podcast is not reflective of the views of the Australian government um, or anyone (laughs) in my department, uh, especially anything that I might say about the mafia. But I do like to do some acting in my spare time and have been involved in the last couple of Fringe Festivals. Yes,
0: and uh, I should say for full disclosure, uh, both of my cast uh, members, sorry, former cast members, uh, both of my guests today, uh, we were all cast members together in a show called Improv D&D at the Fringe Festival recently. So uh, if you did see that, we apologise no, It was it was a lovely, lovely show And uh, I'm sure Dean will be listening So Dean, it was a great show, please have us back Now, yep. uh, The Godfather, let's jump right into it yes. So uh, The Godfather uh, came out in 1972 um, It is one of those films that has just seeped into popular culture And it turned 45 years old oh, wow. this year So uh, obviously it's um, Francis Ford Coppola uh, You know, it's, Mar- it's Marlon Brando It's just all these big names that are involved with the film Uh, let's turn our attention to Kate first as you are our newbie uh, (laughs) the person who hasn't experienced this film what do you know of The Godfather?
1: Um, Well pretty much I know it's a lot of people think it's pretty bad that I haven't seen it but I think I know a little bit about it just through pop culture alone like growing up with The Simpsons um, I think we were talking about it earlier how a lot of those scenes will make sense so I know the famous scene of like you know you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and <laughs> um, the the head the horse's head and um, and stuff like that so every time I, and the music as well yeah. um so zootopia had it recently and like the simpsons and um so i've sort of always seen it mm. um but i've never actually watched the movies and to be honest i think of, of what sort of put me off sometimes is when a movie's so big sometimes i'm like oh, when people sort of say i have to watch it and also the godfather it has always sort of seemed, which sounds really bad, has always sort of seemed like this is a movie like that men love watching, like The Godfather and, and Rocky. They seem to be these two mm. movies that guys are like, oh, these are such good films. And <laughs> um, I think it's sort of the same uh, that sort of sometimes put me off, but, which is really dodgy. But I've heard nothing but good things. I just never got around to watching it.
0: So, Alex, in a non-spoilery kind of way, uh, what are your memories of The Godfather and its impact on you?
2: Oh, well, it's probably going to have to be fairly non-spoilery because it's it's been a while since I've actually seen the film. Um, but, I mean, its impact, it's just a really well-rounded film, I think. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be consistent with what I've read online about the film as well, uh, not just from what, what I um, thought of it. I'm pretty sure I watched it because I was working my way through the, the IMDb top 250 films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as soon as I watched it, First thing that you do after three hours of watching the film is jump on and read the reviews and see what other people had thought about it and themes that they'd recognised and and you know strengths and weaknesses and it was it was pretty pretty strong across the board. People loved the score um, that Kate mentioned. I think that gets um, really good praise. People love the characters in it. Um, it's visually quite quite um, beautiful in, in parts um, and the story and the writing is just really great. So. I think the impact that it has on me is that it's well-rounded as a film uh, and the storytelling is gritty in a way that I can't compare it to a lot of films of the same era. Um,
0: mm. Right. Well, I'm, Sorry, sorry, Kate.
1: I was going to say, going back to the music school, because you know how we were talking about pop culture references because we've never seen the movie, and yes. I was going back to The Simpsons. Um, there's a lot of the time, because of the music, Even if I didn't know what the specific pop culture reference was, I think there was a scene where Lisa had made made friends with the head mobster's kid and he eventually gets his own little mob and Mm. the scene finishes with her standing outside and them closing the doors as he's playing with his cars. But they had the Godfather music playing and even though I had no idea that this was referencing a scene, I was going, they must be referencing a scene because... Mm. It was doing this music and it had been shot in such a particular way. So yeah. even the music alone and, and some of the shots, I think, without even sort of going back to how it was such iconic music that you can sort of
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think it established the the sort of quintessential gangster mm. film at that time. That's gangster with an er, not with an a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know any a films. <laughs> um. But the gangster film. Uh. Mm-hmm. And now, like you say, you can in any other sort of Pop culture reference, yeah. Um, the music, the shots a particular way, um, you know. And the, eating the fruit.
1: I, I think he famously eats fruit in a certain like. There's a fruit. Well, scene, I, I mean, think. that's just the it.
0: Spoilers, maybe. We're gonna I have, have no to, idea, but we're, we're gonna have to find out. Yeah. So, will uh, he or will he not no, eat the fruit? fruit. Mm. Is he tuned? fruity himself? Indeed. Well, we'll find <laughs> out. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> no, no, that's perfectly fine, Kate. That's yeah, perfectly fine. It's perfectly we're fine. We're not, yeah. not adverse to jokes, even the bad ones. So. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching along at home, then uh make sure that you pause this podcast as we uh, hear the piano interlude which is about to come in, uh, and we ourselves are going to pause now as we watch the Godfather. <laughs> okay everybody welcome back to our review of the godfather i am joined again by alex hello and kate hello and yes uh boy do we have a podcast that you can't refuse because (laughs) that was that was a really incredible film wasn't it kate
1: oh my god oh my god it was it was so good like it was it was so good i can i it's one of those movies i've watched i'm like you know what It definitely deserves the reason why people have watched and why it's such a considered classic. It was Mm. freaking amazing. yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm. And Alex, of course, coming into this, uh, having seen it before, it it still holds up to Uh, you?
2: And I think when you've only ever seen a film like that once before, obviously you pick up on a lot more the second time around. Mm. Um, I think one of the things that... We've tried not to talk too much about it, but one of the things that we talked about during it was... um, who everyone was and how they all fit together yeah. and I think I think it's so much easier to get your head around when you have a rough idea from the yeah. first time
1: so we you know Steve and I were going to you constantly going wait who's that guy and you because you'd seen the film before you're like I've got more I think if I watched it again I would understand it took me a lot longer to go oh I remember who they're talking about yeah yeah okay um, well you were a lot more sort of back onto it um. and when you're
2: thinking less about who people are I think you can um, you get a better appreciation for how the other things fit together, mm. like like once you've already got that established, you don't have to think about it so much. You've got more energy to think about other things.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, just looking through some of the notes which I took, I didn't take very many, partly I, because I didn't.
1: I, I was enjoying it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: was really enjoying it, and occasionally I'd go, oh it's been almost an hour, and I've not written anything down." Yeah. um But at the beginning, uh, obviously, it opens with that very famous shot of. Uh, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. And, which um, it wasn't
1: worded exactly like that. So no, it's interesting that
0: the how it's been remembered. Yeah. But that really interesting opening scene, is that the origin of Bad Guys with Cats? I? Oh, no, it's no. absolutely not. Uh, would it not. be James well, no. Bond? It yeah, was... Blofeld had a cat. Oh, hang on. Now I'm trying to think of the year. Blofeld was before it. Blofeld um, was before um, it. Oh, no, well, uh, Dr. No as well.
2: Yeah. I think Dr. So no he was, cat. Blofeld was briefly in Dr. No, I think behind mm. a shutter shield. And so that was uh, that was 1962. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't.
0: think we did have a cat in okay. that. So Sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ignoring the entire James Bond franchise. Yeah, yeah if, if you no, could not do that, yeah, that would yeah. be... Yeah, uh, great? what was
1: great is that, because I, I knew fun facts again, because I'd never watched the film, but I knew fun facts. So I did know that that was, apparently, it said that was a stray cat in the film, and um, Brando just picked it up and started playing. The most well-behaved straight... He put the cat on the table, and the cat was like, yeah, okay.
0: Well, the cat was enjoying um, it so much yeah. Um that uh, it, it was purring consistently, so they just had to keep running it and running it until they got, like, different takes where they couldn't hear the cat going, purr, purr. in the background. So, yeah, yeah. it's... it Yeah, and... Uh, but
1: I love that opening shot. Like, I thought, mm-hmm. I just... you're being seen yeah yeah, the whole thing the whole thing how it opened up and it, it slowly went further back and it straight away we were talking about how you you know we're all sort of outsiders in this world and very early on the film they managed to I love the fact that they explain to you what they're talking about but not like they're not hitting you over the head hmm I hate movies that are like, don't you know, because of A, B, and C, like with this opening character, the the fact that he's like, If you came to me as a friend, you don't call me Godfather, mm. you know, not yeah. as respect, you're asking me to, to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's it's introducing and, the viewer yeah. to the
0: rules of, of, of the yeah. game. So, you but know, he's but not important. in a way where it's like, I am the godfather. Yeah. You must always call me godfather. There's yeah. there's no
2: there's no needless exposition in that in that first big family mm. wedding scene and I think the two people you really learn about the family through uh, the gentleman whose name I forget, the, the, the first, the guy in the, the opening shot, the mortician yeah. um, and Kay, uh, mm. Michael's girlfriend at the time, uh, yeah. because they're both people who don't necessarily understand how it works. Mm. and
1: Well, Kay's literally an outsider. You know, mm. the fact that... You know, we as you know, we sort of kept bringing it up the fact that she was an Italian uh, American, like so she literally was an outsider and div- she was the new girlfriend. Mm. She was coming in with the son that's come back from war, um, and she's not a part of that sort of. She wouldn't have grown up with it knowing who the Godfather is. You know, yeah. I think she was from like New Hampshire or something like she that. Was, so yeah, so she was very much be- she was. I think she was very much meant to be like a wasp, like a very like, um, and so it was good having someone not in it, because then when she could say, oh, what does that mean? You know, the mm. first time when he says he gave them an offer, they couldn't refuse. Oh, what does that mean? And, and then, then he oh, explains, let me tell you. Yeah. He explains <laughs> it and it makes sense. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't feel like they're looking at the audience going, now you know what this phrase means. He's explaining it to a somebody and it made sense. And yeah, I think they yeah. worked with dialogue really well there mm. um, of how to explain things without, you know.
0: Certainly. Uh, just yeah. to just to backtrack slightly, um just in case um, there are people unfamiliar, the terminology of wasp in the sense of that character.
1: Oh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So uh, the uh so the initials uh so uh the was oh, jo- yeah. stands for White, White Anglo Saxon Protestant. Yep. Yeah. Right. White Anglo-Saxon yeah, Because, yeah,
0: that is a term that comes up a lot. Uh, but there are some people who might not be familiar with it. And I just wanted yes. to throw that out there. No, it's been a long movie. I don't want people to think she was a bee. She was a bee. <laughs> she, she, wasn't, she wasn't a bee. No,
1: she no. wasn't. No. Um, Yeah, sorry. It was a long movie. My brain's a bit... Um, no, well, it was... And but, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was great. How long do you think that opening wedding sequence is?
1: It felt long, but at mm. the same time, not boring, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, it, it it felt like a long scene. Did you time it? I did time it. I
2: would guess around about the whole scene maybe of a three hour film I'd go 35, 40 minutes.
1: Yeah. It felt like it went for 15 minutes Mm. but I think it was longer.
0: It was a Just over 25 minutes in that scene. And that's interesting because for those who were listening last week to our uh, podcast about um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Mm. that's pretty much bang on the same amount of time at the start of that film, that you go without any spoken dialogue. Yeah. Because the opening 25-minute show is like The Origin of Man and we don't get any That's spoken dialogue. That's as
1: far as I went into that movie before yeah. I turned
0: it But I, I think it's interesting, just like as a comparison, yeah. having, having, having watched Space Odyssey essentially this time last week mm. and then gone into this film and you go from a film which communicated everything without without words for yeah. the first half to something which is you know an italian mafia family who were using so many words and so many different phrases and like words that mean other things like he made him an offer that he can't refuse oh what does that mean even though it's yeah. english words yeah. it's like what did that what did that mean i just think that's a really interesting parallel and that wedding scene i think was a, it was really, so good. a really clever choice i think both in terms of the original book and in terms of the um the the film to start there because your person who's being introduced to the world is being introduced at a wedding where mm. everyone is essentially on display in uh their social circles mm. um, and even though it's like a sort of heightened emotional event I think it's a really good jumping in point for that story Yeah
1: it does I mean you had the FBI you know they were writing yeah. down all the number uh, the number plates in the cars because yeah. obviously they want to know they wanna try and know who's who, who was at this wedding and stuff like that. So you automatically, you know, Steve and I we were going, okay, they're police. And then yeah. someone was like, FBI. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so it, it gave like little um, breadcrumbs, I suppose, of what the family was yeah. um, and giving it a little bit more sort of uh, insight to sort of the dynamics and stuff like that. And, yeah. it looked re- and also the contrast, again, that that dark room and Mm. then going outside in this big bright sort of celebration Mm. and i think that was the movie the whole way through like pretty much as that wedding they you saw a front you know well and then they're you know well dressed and you know the businesses and stuff like that and then there was this dark thing happening which was behind closed doors yeah and i mean that's how the movie finishes the doors closing so you're starting to you know, so it starts showing the both of the worlds and the then light throughout and the, the dark, movie. the underbelly.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it was interesting because, um, again, as, as I do every week, reading through the IMDb trivia as I we go. I love that website. Oh, uh, it's great. Uh, yeah. But reading through, um, the um, cinematographer deliberately shot things very dark. Mm. Um, and that was partly reflected, you know, this is this is a very dark, gritty. Underworld that we're, that we're showing. And so these are people who operate in the shadows. So they make a deliberate choice to shoot a lot of it so dark that, like, when they were first previewing the film, mm. people were going, is, is the projector okay? It seems yeah. really dark. It,
1: it was very dark. But mm. funnily enough, unless I'm getting this wrong, most of the deaths happen in quite bright spaces.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're certainly. Shown the deaths like um they certainly happen usually in like secluded areas but they're yeah. reasonably well lit like um when um, uh Lenny Montana or sorry that's the actor uh, Luca uh, Brazil. The, the, the big guy Luca, at the beginning. Luca Brazzi. Yeah, yeah Luca Brazzi, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, When, when like, it, his death happens in a very secluded area. Um, yeah. But it's bright and, like, you know, you see... It's golden,
1: there's fish, and there's you see the colours in his eyes. Like, yeah, and, and, and it's really face, interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, and you're, you're right, you know, uh, Sonny gets shot out in broad daylight, and um, the attempted assassination of Don Corleone happens, happens in broad daylight. Yeah,
1: and he's surrounded by fruit and people and children, and, yeah. and I think... That's what I found really interesting is a lot of the deaths happen in such open places, but also it they weren't dark; they were very mm. bright uh, compared. While all the business was happening in quite dark spaces.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too sure what. I didn't what read could, into
1: it. Just occurred to me. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I'm not too sure what
2: that could be symbolizing. It could be to do with the fact that. Um, they operate in the shadows, and they're also safe in the shadows mm. because they can control them. Yeah. Um, but that once sort they're of out
1: of the shadows. It's like
2: that's their area. I think they th- their house is very secluded and very dark. You know, we start off that it's the it's the the Don's office. That's the yeah. dark place in the very beginning, um, and it's when these people start interacting with other people that the deaths occur. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from a, a couple of exceptions, there's not there's not deaths within the family. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are, it's because someone's not in the family anymore. You know, they're being excluded for some reason. Yeah. Kate pointed out during... And it was sort of a throwaway line, but I, I think it was important. At, um, at uh, Don Collione's funeral, um, they're talking about um, Tessio and Clemenza and they found out that Tessio is going to betray the family. Mm. And uh, Michael says to, to Tom Hagen... Um, Tessio was always the smarter one and we sort of said oh maybe that was like a foreshadowing of the fact that he was about to die but I think the point that he was making there was that he's no longer part of the family yeah I was saying he's already Um, speaking
1: about him in past tense yeah so
2: it's the family against these other people and you get this real sort of um, uh, sort of Antagonism, I guess, if you'd like between, mm. between two people.
0: Yeah. So it, it certainly, that was um, very interesting. Speaking of Tessio, Tessio was played by the, uh, the wonderful Abe Vigoda, who, mm. um, who was in so many of these classic films, but uh, just watching this, uh, it really struck me. He might be the Italian Christopher Lloyd. Like the, yeah,
1: the, at the start of the movie, yeah. we were like, "Is that it's Italian?" But we, also, we also
2: found out that Mo Green is the Italian or Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Jeff, oh, Goldblum. The, the,
0: Jeff yeah. Goldblum, or the the casino based Jeff Goldblum. I yeah, it was the movie really was interesting. It was today, guys. But yeah, Jeff I, Goldblum. I, I did keep <laughs> expecting um, Tessio to, you know, be going, <laughs> you know, Michael, we got to get back to 1955 and stop your dad. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. Oh man, it was really just really wonderful. Um, so there's a couple of really iconic things that I think we need to hit mm. on: uh, the horse's head. Because that's yes. in the first hour of the film, which is quite early on. Mm. Um, yeah. The horse's head, it, it happens quite quickly. And it's, it's yeah. almost just showing... It's that first instance of showing the the organisation, the family, Mm. getting them their hands dirty.
1: Yeah, at that point that was the first sight of blood, and and but what was actually really the thing is is that knowing that knowing that scene, like the horse's head, is a very sort of that I knew about without having watched the movie does take away that suspense. While all the other sort of violence on towards people throughout the movie, I was going oh god because I didn't know what was going to come, and I think but I definitely with if I didn't know that. Seeing that blood for the first time, I'd be like, oh, holy crap. Um, But what's really great is the fact that you really show after the horse and the screaming, you show this huge mansion. And even before the scene, they really show that this guy has money. He's got security. He's got an
0: awful bed with like gold plating on it. With the
1: Oscar in the corner. Yeah. yeah, But the thing is, is it sort of showed how I saw it is the fact that they killed his prized possession, but they didn't kill him because they Mm. needed him. But it showed that we can get what you love for one. But Mm. two, we snuck in to your property into your house, whether we snuck in or your people work for us. Mm. And we put that in your bed without you even know without waking you up. What could we do if it wasn't a horse? next is your head type sort of situation. And I thought that was the scary part was the fact that there were these people in your house and you didn't even sort of know. Sorry, Mm. Alex, I think you want to say something. Or are you just uh, nodding?
0: No, we're just we're just nodding. <laughs> and just, I'm You're just nodding. nodding. Yeah. I, sorry. What, what I, I, I was can thinking, if though, what I was thinking is I'm trying to work out the, the logistics of, of getting just doing a de- that. A, one decapitating a horse,
1: killing the horse, yeah, and
0: two sneaking it into somebody's bed while they're asleep,
1: and no blood in the rest of the space. Oh, there could have been. They didn't really show you, but
0: yeah, it's it's sort of like like these people are good. Like that. Yeah. I think that's that sort of what it is. Well, not not yeah, not good in the sense no. sorry, in the moral sense. Like good yeah. at what they do. Yeah, it's kind of like. There was a lot of blood. I feel like
2: they didn't let the the horse sort of drip dry before they... No, chucked it in the bed. No. Yeah. and there was an
0: interesting point that uh, the director Francis Ford uh, Coppola made about that as well, because a lot of people got upset about the fact that there was a de- you know dead horse's head in a bed, that yeah. kind of imagery. You know, there were animal rights activists who weren't very happy about it at the time.
1: But there were so many dead people. Exactly, Sorry. that's <laughs> what
0: he said. He said there were, there were human rights yeah, activists who yeah. had problems with <laughs> this. Them, yeah. The, yeah, this is this is a quote from a, a Variety magazine interview that he did uh, where he says, uh, "quote uh, There were many people killed in that movie, but everyone worries about the." horse it was the same on the set when the head arrived it upset many crew members who were animal lovers who like little doggies what they don't know is that we got the head from a pet food manufacturer who slaughtered 200 horses a day just to feed their doggies oh my god like francis ford coppola was not messing around yeah sorry that was a real horse i thought it looked real according to this quote that might be a real
2: horse right uh, I I don't know if that changes things. I had just assumed it was a fake horse. But the thing head. is, it
1: looked really real, and I was going. I don't a real... know a lot
2: of decapitated horse heads hmm. to compare to. No, yeah, but um,
1: it looked pretty good, and I was <laughs> like, "Holy crap!"
2: I okay. But so, that
1: being said, the horse was already dead. Look, and I think the, that's what the, he was pointing the, out. The
2: point is, it's a great scene. It's a great I, scene. I agree with what you were saying before, Kate. I think. It's and as I was saying to you guys when it first came on the screen, this is the first time that you see mm. these, uh, this family, these guys in this light. Beforehand, yeah. everything's been quite All sophisticated. Yeah. It's been quite talky. Um, it's a, it's you know, it, it hasn't been violent. Mm. There's been tension established in other ways, but nothing's actually been followed through. The scene beforehand, you see Tom Hagen talking to Waltz and and sort of. Lightly leaning on him, and then Waltz reacts a bit strongly and goes, Oh, you don't do this. And I think, as an audience member watching that, you go, Oh, Waltz, that's a bit of a reaction. Like, why are you yeah. reacting like that? And He's then all of a sudden, reasonable, exactly like-, <laughs> like, how could you be accusing Tom Hagen of such horrible things? And then the horse head mm. part happens, and you think, All right, okay, these guys mean, mean business. business. Yeah. Mm. And the whole way through the film, I think, even when you get down to, um,
0: Oh, which I know is spoilers, but the whole well, thing is the covered in spoilers. Is that but they should
1: have watched it by now, guys. <laughs> those that are listening, well, yes, you yeah, you should have paused yeah. it. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> they they
0: they will have either watched it previously, or have paused it. it to watch it, or don't care, or all don't care, and are yeah. just enjoying your conversation. Well, so fire away, Alex. Thank
2: you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I think when Don Colleone dies, right? Oh no, sorry. Yeah. yeah, he dies. Uh, when he dies, when he's in the in the field with his grandson. Um, now that was a
1: beautiful scene. But I don't want to yeah. talk about
2: the, the, the whole scene yet. Yeah, all yeah, all yeah. I wanted to say was that you feel sorry for him, yeah, right? Yeah. When he's running around and he's playing with his son, the his grandson, grandson yeah. and that's all very sweet, you go, oh, this is such a nice man. And then when he falls over, you can't tell me that you, you, your heart doesn't no, wrench yeah. at that point, And you go, oh, goodness, that's sad. Mm. Um, and I think that's where you have this funny juxtaposition between these horrible things that these people do, but the this sort of anti-hero... that that they're
1: all complicated I think they're then they're human and I think they're human
0: characters and I I think a lot of what the film does um, is do a really good job of showing them as being human beings there are so many scenes where they're just sitting around eating Mm. There's so many scenes that take place in bedrooms and bathrooms, you know, like places where Very they get, intimate we see a lot of scenes, people yeah. getting dressed. Um, yeah. You know, we see uh, at one point when Michael goes away and gets married, we see, uh, you know, like the start of a honeymoon night, you know, like, yeah. the, you know, the start of the. um
1: And the courting. The courting, was, and the marital. We, so yeah. I love the fact that, okay, Stephen, so the, he's courting this um young um, women in Italy Apologna, or Sicily, Apolo- yeah. Um, I, and, I just thought name was Poloni, but and it's <laughs> Apollonia apparently. Um, and obviously, you know, he goes look out of respect. Obviously, the family will be there while I'm courting her. And the first scene, you know, they're on opposite. He hands her the necklace, and there's all family around the lounge room. Second, they're split quite apart on opposite ends, and she's wearing the necklace and she's showing that off. So it's like, yes, I am keen. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, that we're like, oh, okay, they've got a bit more intimate. They're allowed to walk, and they're walking down a path. And Stephen's next to me. He's like, he goes, wouldn't it be hilarious? I'm pretty sure I of, said that. Oh, I'm yeah. going to take of claim like, oh, of this because you? you're giving yeah. it to Stephen. I thought it was Stephen. It was very Steven. much Sorry, so me. So <laughs> We, we, we and do then...
0: look and sound very <laughs> yeah. similar. I but, thought yeah. someone yeah, said it. For they those said at home, someone yeah.
1: Someone was like, that would be very funny. It was mm. you, yeah. And um, it, it was me. And, I, was, I was the funny one. And all of us agreed. And then literally after you said it, well, you've seen the movie. All the
2: nonnas come on the... All the nonnas
1: come on the... I have seen the film
2: but I did not remember this part. So I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if all these if if the family just came on screen and were wandering
0: after them? And then they They did. did And then his two bodyguards with guns, guns. come on. Uh, and that was actually great. a very
1: funny scene. It was, uh, yeah. And that's just it. This, this film
0: did have moments of levity. Uh, you know, I mean, it goes from using a real horse's head. Just did a quick look online. Uh, yeah. Quick check. That was a real horse's yeah, head. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, but, you know, you had this. You have... Um, oh, wait, where, that
1: was it Paulie? Was it, what was his name? Paul? Yeah, Paulie. Paul, like mm. when So, it,
0: Paulie got shot in the back of the head and we... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but the, I love the, fact that, he's the, all, canal, the we... fact that
1: he's all sick, right? And I love that it goes, mate, like... You know, put a towel, put a throw, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. Thank- Shut the door. All right, we're going to kill. Like, and yeah. I was like, that is so, that is so funny. And also um, the,
0: the line of um, after, after they kill Paulie in the car and it's grab the cannoli. Yeah. 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 The cannoli, yeah. yeah. Which was improvised. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it, oh, it, that's great. Yeah. That yeah. It's just things like that where it, it brings that human element. And I think that mm-hmm. might, it's just business. Right? Yeah, Yeah. And I think it might yeah. be why. The Godfather was so successful at the time. If you look at um, similar uh, similar time periods, early seventies, a lot of your crime fillers, was very thrillers, serious. Yeah, things like The French Connection, you know, which is a mm. which is a very serious, like similarly gritty film, but it doesn't have that connection of you know the family or things like that. Right, right, and I, I think. Obviously, the influence of The Godfather on so many things since then is, is very key. You know, you look at TV series like The Sopranos, where, again, yeah. most of that series is people sitting around eating and discussing about problems and then, wham, bam, very quick violence.
1: Well, I kept saying, um, it remind, like, I kept pointing things out that looked very familiar. I was like, I said, God, that scene reminds me of something Tarantino would do. And then I was mm. like, well, no, this is stuff that, Tarantino's obviously been influenced by, mm. like the eating and the talking and the, yeah. the and it some of the shots just reminded me of, of like, you know, the Sopranos and um, uh, Pulp Fiction and um, uh, Reservoir Dogs and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, lots of movies like that. And I think it was very interesting realising that there was some pop culture references that I knew of and then there was some where a scene happened and I was like, oh, holy crap, that's like... I see those sort of situations done all the time and I didn't mm. realise it probably would have been inspired from Well, this is what this we're film. saying, I,
2: I think, yeah. right at the beginning, that, that you, someone could probably watch The Godfather and think, oh, this is a trope, this is a yeah. trope, this is a common trope, but without considering the... I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive in 1972, yeah. um, but when you consider it, to the best of your ability, in its context, you mm. realise that this might have been the first time that a lot of these... They weren't tropes back then. Yeah. <laughs> they were just parts of the film. Yeah. Um, so the idea that the the Don who's in charge of the family, who's doing all of these ruthless things, is actually really quite down to earth mm. and he's notoriously reasonable mm. because they yeah, they, they the reference this character. a few times in, in the film. And I noticed actually... When he sits down next to Salazzo, when he's saying, like, I want you to to take on this narcotics business, Yeah, he sits next to him. Yeah. He doesn't sit across from him, he sits next to him. It's not a threatening thing, it's a friendly thing. Yeah. And I don't know if you, uh, I assume you noticed as well, but at the very end, yeah, with, uh, when Michael. Michael goes to sit next to, to Carlo, Carlo. He, yeah. does the same um, thing. he does the same thing. He actually moves from sitting across from him to sitting next to him. Mm. So this what then I assume became a trope was the friendly mafia boss yeah. who is not actually there to be this violent character necessarily. But the danger's um, there,
1: but yeah. he's respected and, I and, and yeah, reasonable. And I thought that was uh, the same thing with, you know, again, I sort of kept pointing out the fact that you had the oldest sibling and the youngest one and then the father. And it was sort of very interesting to see how... Um, obviously the youngest one was very much like his dad yeah how uh, Mike,
0: Michael was even doing things like the little hair slick little, yeah.
1: before he did his first killing I noticed that straight away like because mm. um, uh, Brando did you know the little touches mm, that he was mm, doing was brilliant yeah. and before he does his first killing in the restaurant he mm. grabs the gun and he touches his hair in a very similar mm. way. And that's the first time he's yeah. done that. And I was like, okay. And without even knowing, because I didn't know how this movie went, I went straight away. I was like, he's going to be the boss at mm. the end of this movie. Yeah, um, and yeah because, you did say that right in the first scene.
0: Yeah, and likewise, that comparison you made with with Sonny as well, and, and indeed Fredo, who are both like older brothers. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're very different. They're, they're, they give into like the vices of the position, which, yeah. which you don't really see. You certainly don't see um, Don Corleone do. Throughout yeah. most of the film, and you also don't really see Michael engage in them as well. Yeah, uh, but but you know, uh, but he's
1: sort of that outsider. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But you, you you know, you see like Fredo when they're in Vegas as like he's getting in trouble for like having sex with two cocktail waitresses at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sonny, we see kind of let the power get to his head, and he's... so
1: he uses the violence and he uses the sex, and then the yeah. youngest brother, mm. he's like he's. Yeah, know. it's
0: it's like the it's like the Deathly Hallows, but with Italian. <laughs> oh <goodness>. okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> um. We looked at Sonny being quite impulsive. Mm. As soon as Carlo did something to yeah. Connie, he was off. He, he flew off. Now I'm not saying that was necessarily the right or wrong thing to do. It's just that he was very impulsive. Um, it seems like Fredo also became, or Freddie, as he was towards the end, uh, became impulsive as well when he was down in Vegas. And I think we juxtapose this with with um, with the Don. Uh, Don Colleone is very measured. And as soon as Sonny dies and he gets that news, one of the first things he says is to, to Tom Hagen, there will be no vengeance. Yeah. Um, I do not want any vengeance here. So well, the for Sonny, inf-
1: it was the opposite. He was exactly. like, we need vengeance straight away. Yeah,
2: so, so much more impulsive there and much more maybe emotionally driven rather than logically driven. Mm. Um, and I think it's interesting because Michael, when he comes up with the plan to... Um, to kill Salazzo and McCluskey, the police Mm. chief, or police officer, police chief? He was the chief. chief.
1: That's why he had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. You could could argue that that
2: that was kind of planned, but the coming up with it was quite impulsive at the time in that everyone else around the room thought that that was a bit much. But then towards the end, you get to that last sort of baptism um, scene when um, Michael has seems to be meticulously planned the assassination of all of the mob of bosses the dogs, and Mo oh Green yeah. um, and uh, has planned to take care of Tessio. Um, you see all of this being planned and that's very measured because he's not even there. He's not yeah. even doing any of it. So
1: he just knows that, yeah, the job after I leave this baptism, it's going to yeah. be done. So yeah. so
2: the transition from being that sort of slightly sunny and Fredo, sort of impulsive maybe character and, like you say, definitely becomes he, he was really quite like his father at the beginning his father,
1: but he was young. But he became more yeah. and
2: more like his father I think. I don't think he was completely like his father at the end. I still think he was a bit um, he was a bit serious and he seemed to take yeah. himself very seriously whereas I don't think the Don ever took
0: himself that seriously, but I think that's probably why they set it up for part two. And also, we were looking yeah. at um, the the Don uh, veto in the latter part of his life. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. he, he at a time he where he wore a he cardigan,
1: would've... like he yeah, yeah. he was fe- he was looking at the little fishes with a cardigan, and I'm like, mm. and I, I love that sort of.
2: I loved his interaction with animals. I love that you. <laughs> I love that. That's a good. That's I think a great way of establishing that he's a he's actually got a friendly bone in his body mm. because one of the first times you see him he's cuddling that cat and then later on when he is uh, more or less becoming conciliary to Michael he's got
1: the fish, got the fish. Yeah. and then at the end when he when he passes he's playing with his grandson and i yeah. think yeah. it's you know it's sort of showing that kind of side mm. home, but you were talking Stephen so no I was sure. just going to
0: throw in uh, just on top of uh, on top of all these uh, deaths and things like that I think one of the things that really stands out is that oranges are the harbinger of death <laughs> yeah
1: I think I have seen blog where like I think throughout the whole apparently throughout the, the all the movies oranges mm. seem to be a, a yeah. signifier well, of you know, death
2: we know there's a Sherlock Holmes story about that well yeah so maybe a conversation yeah, for another day yes but
1: the thing is I, I sort of realized the first time I was like because before we start the movie, I said, "Hey, oh, oh, isn't there this famous scene where he's peeling an orange or whatever? Yeah. But that might be in another movie." But
0: yeah, but it, it, um, it was sort of famous in its own right for you know being like this. This is how this this great like criminal uh, mastermind died was you know farting around in an orchard with his grandson, and yeah. all of a sudden he just keels over because he's got he an orange in
1: his mouth. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think it's funny to use the phrase "criminal mastermind" as well when really he was a. If if we called him a businessman. It wouldn't be as,
0: it wouldn't it wouldn't have that same impact. No, but but, it, but at the same time, that was how all the Corleones were perceived. Like you saw how the press was mm. reporting. Like, um, you know, when he'd been shot, it was you know front page news. That's and then, true. And even yeah. when he like came home much after much time had passed and uh he's coming back and he's being uh taken home that's in the newspaper it's not Mm. front page news but it's still uh present and you know it's kind of like you know i think public image was quite important in this one as well as as i'm sure it was to to real life mobsters as Mm. well and that the way they try to manipulate um their their image just not only yeah. to each other but to the wider public as well, well the fact that
1: I, I i sort of at the start of the movie i thought oh he wants his younger son to join the business and halfway through i was like oh no actually i don't think he really wanted him to be in it and then at the end of the movie he actually said i you know i saw my son sort of doing this but i saw you you know being the top the real one pulling the strings which that, that freaking poster now with the um, you know, the puppet strings makes mm. so much more sense, like, <laughs> uh, like throughout the movie. But um, like they're pulling strings. But mm. he said, "I'm. I imagined you as a senator, or you know, a governor. governor. So he was. He was. He wasn't expecting him to be as involved mm. in the family, and expected him to go higher up. And um, you know, so it was sort of very interesting, like that image mm. of you know, we want to one day you know, have people that are up there controlling it, not in a more ha ha way, but just in a... Well, um... if you get
2: a bit of more ha ha you know, kind of... But help. that's
1: what I loved about when um his girlfriend, when she goes, you know, your, your people, you know, kill and murder people. And he goes, well, it's just my, my dad's in this position that's like a, you know, like a politician or a such-and-such. Such. He's like, politicians and... Congressmen or presidents, they don't they don't get people killed. And he's like, now nah, who's naive? And I, <laughs> we all laugh because I said that's oh, like realistically yeah. though. Let's especially in that era, like and even you know today that stuff oh, happens.
2: Uh, on behalf of the government, I'm making no comment mm. um, at all on on that. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about the media uh, mm. just before and just while we're on that topic. I just very quickly was thinking. There's actually very little media presence. I would have thought yeah. in this film. I was actually surprised. I'm um I'm currently watching through Narcos. Um mm. I'm a little bit behind. I'm going through season one of Narcos right now, and the media is quite important. I appreciate that a lot of this is probably television. Yeah. Um, but media was quite important to do with the um, the reputation of Pablo Escobar and um. The you sort of war on communism, war on drugs, and things like that in the in the eighties in America and and um, uh and uh, South America. But in this film, we get a couple of newspaper headings, and and that's sort of about it. In yeah. fact, the only public image we really them. see is through McCloskey when yeah. we actually see how the the public sort of and maybe Kay to a certain extent, Michael's uh, girlfriend turned wife. Mm. Yeah. Um, we only really sort of see the general understanding of the mob through their eyes. Most mm. of the other people are a part of the mob, I feel. Yeah, which I think so. was good. It
1: was like an insider. Like, you're inside the mob. You weren't on the outside. But also, they do reference the fact they're like, you know, we know a few, like, they pretty much own, like, a few of the newspapers and the police and mm. the um, and judges and stuff like that. So, mm. it is referenced quite a lot. They're like, we can make these articles and we can change. Yeah. No, them.
2: Notice that they said that and then never, no one ever went before a judge. They never actually got put into but a they, position yeah, where I they know. needed to show off but that like Don Collier... But in three time, hours, they could only do so much, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There was so much plot to get so through. So much dialogue. Mm-hmm. And
1: I, but like we said, when we had to Google it, they mentioned the death of... You know, this son, this son, and this Oh, apparently sun. Bruno and we, Tattaglia just yeah. died off screen. As, yeah. And it's we find out line. about it in one line. Yeah, and yeah.
2: then yeah, Somebody
0: comes in and goes, oh, yeah, we got Bruno Tattaglia's son at 4 a.m. And that's all that it's meant and to be. And then later that.
2: on, there's this whole conversation that's about, oh, you've lost a son and I've lost a son. And we say, well, when did he lose a son? <laughs> we did, we slept through that bit. What, what happened? Yeah. Um, and We had like, to look this, it up yeah. to double check that he had, had in fact, lost a son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off screen, Which,
1: um, can I just say, with like Brando, he did such a good job, even though the, the only issue is that because I've known, you know, like I love going, you know, and IMDB and stuff like that. And mm. um, the things that where the story was is that a lot of the time Brando apparently... Um, they had to have the scripts sometimes take to people during standing scenes yeah, and on stuff placards like that and on placards. That. Why was um, that? Because he couldn't remember his lines or he mm. didn't bother learning them or whatever because he was a method actor. Um, well, hey, his method works. No, okay. the thing is, he gave a brilliant really performance because <laughs> it but, was amazing. But there were some times where, knowing that, yeah. I could see some scenes where I was like, God, you're not seeing his eyes a lot. But it was because he was doing the dramatic, I'm looking down, but. He's reading his lines, okay. you right.
0: know. Yeah, I, but I, I I to be honest, I knew that, but uh, coming into this, but that didn't cross my mind at all. There was I, only a few I, times
1: yeah. that and once he I got didn't into notice the it in the film,
0: to be honest. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't. He looking
1: did a brilliant performance. Yeah. I'm not well, denying I mean, he, that. He, but he, it's interesting yeah. me yeah. going, was that a character trait or was mm. that him looking down? Yeah. But he does he 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 does it like that funeral like him mourning his son and stuff like that. Mm. It was brilliant. Yeah. I was like, Brandon, that's Good why job. you get Brando. That's why you and, get Brando, and, yeah. yeah.
0: That, that, that was, you know, what he won the Oscar for. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's, he's... Accumulatively, he's in the film for much less time yeah, than... Yeah, which, um, when,
1: when he got shot and yeah. I thought he had died, I went, holy crap, are you kidding me? I thought he was going to be in the whole freaking film. Yeah, and um, but it's interesting you know.
0: that he was nominated for and indeed won the Best, uh, uh, Best Actor Did he get uh, Supporting Award. Actor? No. Uh, uh, what's <laughs> Did he get face? lead? He Al, Al, no, he got lead. Uh, Al Pacino... Um, was only nominated for supporting actor, despite being in much more of the film. Yeah, and no, so he it just didn't go. Al Pacino so, just didn't go to the Oscars. No, that's oh, so, so mad.
1: Yeah, that's so mad. Al Pacino should have been nominated for best actor. Well, see,
2: this is the this is the point that I and made, Brando and I should think have been, well, I, they
1: both should have been nominated for supporting. Sorry, keep going. Yeah,
2: I'm not convinced, in my humble opinion, that a film must center on one character. Yeah, I and I think this is probably why I like some Tarantino films as well, because I'm not. I'm not sold on the idea that you can only tell a story by following one character, mm. in particular a protagonist. Um, and I think I like this film because, arguably, I think if you had to pick a protagonist, I probably would have gone with Michael. Yeah. But it's called The Godfather. Everything is around Don Vito. And he True. does, he he progresses the story. Quite a lot.
1: Yeah, the reasons things happen is because of him. But you you could also view the film
0: as like the 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 film is called The Godfather because it's about the position, and we have two people that are in that position: one at the beginning and one at the end, and we see that transition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can certainly understand why Al Pacino would be. I'd be, I'd
1: be pissed because he did such a great job. Yeah, and Um, he's in
0: so much more of the film as well. I think that Al Pacino's
2: still alive, right? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: yeah, Okay.
2: Well then, I'm not gonna just, I'm not gonna, because he might listen to this, so I'm not gonna say (laughs) that he was wrong in not going the oscars but i would think that if you're nominated you would go but i guess the oscars are all political anyway aren't yeah, they, they so, are. so they
1: would have gone because it was brando uh, and he did such a he did look a al pacino did an job. incredible
2: job we yeah. we pointed that out several times during several the film times. kate was saying not only is he more attractive than she thought he was yeah but also that he was um he, he was delivering lines in a, in a way that was much more nuanced than
1: Nuance maybe what he does the, now the thing yeah. is, is that i've only seen al pacino now Jack, is, Jack and you know. Jill, Al Pacino. Jack and oh my god, the most recent film I've seen of Al Pacino, You know there'd be people who Jack cry just
2: knowing that the only that the first place or the the main place, place that you've seen Al Pacino is Jack and Jill.
1: Literally, that is it. I haven't. Yeah. I've seen so, him. I've seen so him. So no Scarface. Yeah, I not Heat. No. Well, I haven't seen Scarface. I haven't seen Heat, but I have seen Scarface. Oh, also, yeah. when he was Satan with um Keanu Reeves i think was he in that constantine no not, no no no, that no that i was, think um, um al pacino played satan and constant uh, <laughs> i
0: you.
2: can't think of um, a film keanu and
1: reeves f- and he's a lawyer and oh, i thought
2: you're talking about um devil's that that advocate him?
1: devil's advocate i've seen him in oh Marvel. and he
2: was the devil he in that. played the devil he, he was quite good in that he did
1: a brilliant job of that but the thing is, is that when i think of al pacino i think of this old short guy you and he goes hua, yeah. hua, and i was just like god he's a Freaking, you know, you're mm. trying to hold my swearing. Um, he's a bloody idiot. And yeah. watching him in this, I was like, okay, one, yeah, he's attractive. Mm. And I was like, two, holy crap, he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. But I feel like him and Robert De Niro have just, oh, you know, they, you know, Batman when it's just like,
0: yeah, you either you either die young yeah. or live long enough to see yourself become a very poor actor in their seventies. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a that's classic the line.
1: Batman <laughs> quote.
0: Um,
1: um, and I feel like that's he was they were. All so great. And it was weird watching actors and going, God, that looks so familiar. Well, yeah, and then it's you like going Di- oh, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. I was like I was like, when does Diane Keaton get in? Everyone's like She's been in this scene a couple of times, and she's
2: literally a- in the first scene. Kate,
0: she's. Literally <laughs> I know, there. and I
1: didn't realize. It's very interesting watching for me old films where they, you know, you've gone backwards in time. You're mm. seeing mm. them as an old. You, I only envision Diane Keaton as an older person, and so, so yeah. W-
0: we've hit on Diane Keaton, which I think is a really good time to hit on the role of women in this film. Uh yeah. Because sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> what women? <laughs>
0: this is going to be a very
2: quiet section of the podcast, I think, because there's not going to be much that we
0: can say. I no, yeah, yeah. I, I, like it's. I think. I think it's really interesting that um obviously you're looking at a film which is set in like the like from the late 1940s to probably the late 50s to early 60s mm-hmm. yeah and in a time period uh where obviously there weren't a huge amount of women involved in organized crime in terms of the mafia like okay. traditionally it was extremely masculine it was yeah. all about and being it's the, a man there were women but they the, weren't they yeah. were the few there the, were women but yeah. they were very much portrayed in this film as uh possessions almost yeah as you know essentially like um you know, things to uh, nice things to have around, or it's like, you know, you gotta have a nice girl, you know, that kind of thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to think
2: I'm thinking of, there are five women who come to mind as the only women who even make an appearance. There was a sister. There's, so there's Mrs. Corleone. Yeah. There's Connie. Mm -hmm. uh, Who's the younger sister. There's Kay. Yep. There's um, Apollonia, a- Apollonia, Apollonia. Yeah. and there's the nurse. Yeah, in the hospital when they mm. get there, who has all of two lines
0: saying that you know you can't move that. Mm. You uh, don't even and see I, her face. No, you no, don't. I don't yeah. think you yeah. even do. No, yeah. I don't. I don't. It, no, I think there's one shot when they're moving the bed that you see her face okay. properly. Yeah.
2: But they probably only had a nurse there because it would only make sense for a nurse to be there. But in terms of the the, it's funny because when when Michael sees Apollonia for the first time. Mm. It looks like
1: love at first sight, which is really sweet. Yeah. The guy
2: who's standing next to him says, in these parts, women are more dangerous than shotguns, right? Yeah. Cool line. That would have been great to explore a little bit. Yeah. Apollonia is not dangerous in the slightest. Mm. In fact, she gets blown up fairly shortly after. Yeah. None of the other women actually seem to be that dangerous. Unfortunately, Connie... Um, and, yeah. and now the the Connie the Connie situation um, obviously being
0: uh, abused by her. It was husband. very interesting.
1: It was like the family were like we murder people but we don't beat our women. So it was so that was sort of like a yeah. I, I, yeah it,
0: it's interesting that Connie essentially is just like like she arguably has like the the arc. That is just like the least pleasant throughout the whole film because the film starts with her wedding and, and she's so happy.
1: Yeah, and she's
0: well, no, you know, it ends with her being a widow. It, yeah, and it yeah. ends with her like oh, no, but yeah, yeah, it ends with her being a widow. Like her, her dad's not long dead, and then one of her brothers, one of her surviving brothers, yeah. kills her husband to make her a widow just after he's agreed to become the godfather of their child. Like yeah. literally, yeah, just godfather. after the baptism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really unfortunate, I
2: think, for for that character is that. They weren't interested at that time, and I'm sure that was a, a choice that was made somewhere higher up. But they weren't interested in developing her character in any no. way, really. They didn't give her any particular dialogue. In fact, she was just very waily,
1: two- and it made me ha- find her very annoying. And I was like, well, no, she's allowed to be. Mm-hmm. You know
0: but uh, like viewing it as as obviously uh, a woman Kate and, yes thank uh, you yes <laughs> I, I recognize these things um, but you said you said before that you you'd sort of n- you'd never watch the film because you you saw it very much as a man's film
1: uh, yeah I like a, I think there's always you know I said a beat when we went recording was um I had someone a you know a friend of mine when I said I'd never watched Rocky. And he was like, Oh my God, you've never watched Rocky? That's like saying you've never watched The Godfather. And then I was like, I've never seen The Godfather. Was this man
0: Sylvester Stallone just out of interest? (laughs) Or was it like another Italian American guy? Yeah,
1: no, it wasn't. But the thing is, it was one of those where uh, a lot of people seem, when I hear, you know, my, you, you know, I've had a lot of men in my family or guys that I've sort of known, they've always sort of, those are the movies or there's always been that in films where guys are talking when they mention The Godfather, like, you know, or the Rocky, they always mention those two movies. Mm. Like that's the movie where men cry watching, or it's a very like. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. So I'd never really watched it because it, you know, for me, I never seemed a movie that people would offer to me. Yeah. And then when I sat down and I started watching the movie early on, I was like, yep, there are literally no. W-. It's very much a a man film in the sense of actors, mm. story, um, and stuff like that. Mm. So I can definitely understand why men have fallen in love with this film. It's a, it's an awesome film. I think it's interesting you know? as well,
0: because the film, I think is a real exploration of masculine identity. yeah, definitely and in terms of like not all masculine identity. I think it's no. very much a a subset like you know, this very concentrated in this italian American uh, community. yeah, um but you know th- th- there is a lot of discussion about, how to be a man, how to be tough, you know, a lot of, um, yeah. you know, like like even like little things, like when he's out the front of the hospital with um, Enzo, who's, who'd come to bring the Don flowers. Yeah, he was and so he, sweet. And yeah. yeah, and he's telling him like, you know, put your hand in your pocket, like you've got a gun and it'll be all right. You know, kind of being like, just, just look tough and they'll move on, you know, that kind of thing.
1: And he was shaking and afterwards and he didn't see any violence, but the thought of... Him being in that situation, that character's yeah. hands were shaking and stuff like fun, that. Fun
0: fact, according to IMDb, um, that, that was that actor's first scene. And he was acting opposite <gasps> Al Pacino. That's why he was shaking. Oh, and so they worked it in as him being nervous. so <laughs> cute. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But, but, but no, but yeah, um, it, I think it's interesting in that on the one hand, it is a really interesting exploration of like male identity, particularly mm. like that last scene between um, Vito and Michael where um, he's, yeah. he's warning him about, you know, someone's going to betray you. And, you know, they, Vito talks about some of his regrets, about, you know, being a father. He asks specifically about his son. He doesn't ask about his wife. He asks about his son. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting just looking at that sort of male through line in the film. Yeah. Which on the one hand is really interesting. But on the other hand, you're right that there are no um, really key female protagonists. Yeah. Um, there's very little that happens where a female character drives the plot and often they are they are just used as either objects or devices within the plot. Sunny gets killed because they trick him into thinking well, his sister does actually get beaten yeah. but they do the beating to make him go out in a rage. Yeah. So yeah I think it's really interesting. Alex, did you have any points? Um. What? Not not anything to
2: add okay. I, I, I don't That's think one. on that point. I think I'll let I'll let Kate field those questions on on that. But I do think that masculinity is definitely one of the strongest themes in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I know that's quite a privileged position to be in, but I can relate to some of the, not the not so much the mafia killing, <laughs> um, but I can relate to some of the issues that are put in there about masculinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I find it interesting, the, the conversation at the end between... Vito and Michael. I think he does actually ask how his wife or how how his marriage is going, rather than how his wife is.
0: Yeah, but it, it's never phrased as being about like the the women specifically. The, the, the person, right. It's always like it, 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 it's the marriage. It's like how is this thing that is very much related to you it's what very was great is, is that
1: he it sort of i think it sort of showed that he was like i you know i'm happy with my marriage and i love my wife yeah and he was and in a way michael very seemed happy to be more him.
2: caring about he the was wife. a lot more caring about his yeah. wife
1: and that same thing he offered you know his brother you know he offered him all these women in las vegas mm. and he was like no yeah. i've got business to do but also he sort of is that character where it feels like i don't think he would be that person i think there are um, some of
2: those themes that could have could have been the focus of the film. Uh, And I think probably for time constraints they weren't because there was already so much in there, in that you could have had a bit more development of of Michael's, you know, growing respect for women rather than... You know, he courts Apollonia in a very particular way. Uh, Arguably that's more out of respect for the father than it is necessarily for the daughter, but, uh, but you can make an argument either way, I think. The other thing I, I was actually thinking is that this would be a very, very interesting film told from the perspective of Kay mm. being mm. an outsider. Uh, at the beginning, it, it's almost set up that it's going to be Michael and Kay sort of looking Story. into yeah. this uh, and then it doesn't really f- go through with that. But that last shot of Kay sort of being blocked out, can you imagine how much more poignant that would be if most of the film Kay had been set up as the protagonist mm. and yeah. looking into this this family? She wasn't there for about a year or even no, longer than longer, that, really. Yeah. Um, she was gone for a large portion of the film yeah. in the middle. Well, I thought
1: what was very interesting was that she was always an outsider and even not only as the the fact that, you know, she's literally an outsider sort of in that sort of Italian-American family, but she's also the wife of The Godfather, but she sort of knows she's sort of left to be kept um, out of it, even mm. when they were dating. He yeah. was like, you need to get far away. He always wanted that separation, but I think out of respect same thing it was weird he was like you know i'll let you ask about my business this one time and then still lied to her Mm. face about it because i think that's what would keep their relationship to Mm. an extent Mm. stronger you Um, know she can't know about it because i've got my family and i've got business and he really you Mm. sort of need that separation you need to be locked out of this business um, so we can oh, have this yeah. relationship yeah and, and th- the
0: last shot of the film just to reinforce that point is literally the, door closing. the mob shutting the door yeah closing her, on her yeah. because you know um it, you know it's like you cannot access this part of your husband's life yeah which is very interesting and
1: it was the start I, of it, yeah.
2: I I'd be really interested to know um both of your opinion on the development of Michael as a character, mm. when you consider how he starts being sort of He's sitting very, sitting next to Kay and and having that conversation, um, he seems like an outsider, very much himself, and obviously the way that it ends between the two of them. And I was curious to know whether you both think the transition of Michael from one to the other, or just the the character yeah. arc over the course of the film. Do you think that's like fast or slow do you think it makes sense and it's like it's it, it develops gradually and sort of logically or do you think it jumps at any point because I, I was sort of thinking about this throughout the film and i was curious to see what what you might think
1: i thought it was a very good i mean the, you couldn't make the movie any longer i thought it was a very um his character transition like literally he comes in it's an italian american family wedding big wedding family affair he's in his army uniform and even the movie starts out with this guy going I went to the police first you know I wanted to be an American a proper Mm. American I didn't want to get involved with the family so to speak um and then all of a sudden the shot of his youngest boy he's coming back from the war he's in the military so he's he's the American he's got you know he's got the wasp girl you know he's sort of like he is the outsider um but then that trend but he loved his family but you could sort of tell when he was explaining it to her he wasn't necessarily mm. happy about it i don't think he ever planned of being in it yeah. and so did his brothers you know they called him a civilian no he's a civilian he'll be fine yeah um and there was always that separation but the the moment that it sort of changed was first you know when his dad you know he thought his dad had died or was dying and then he went to visit him as a son um and when he realized you know these people are going to come and kill him when he realized that there was no one protecting him and everything and I once there was no protection he took on that role and that was that really lovely scene with with you know father and son where he like really took he's like I'm gonna do this for you and um you know he kisses him on the hand and he told his girlfriend you have to go to back so once he got rid of the girlfriend he's like oh, I don't know when I'm gonna see you again call you. you're gonna go to Hampshire far away then he goes helps his father literally kisses his hand like you saw at the start mm. of the film um you know that was his start of acceptance. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to step up my game to protect my dad, mm. which is protecting the family. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, um, and even then, like you said, and when we were watching it, when his first wife dies, like things keep bringing him back. He was really, you know, he probably thought I'm probably never gonna go back to America again, and so he gets a wife, and he was probably gonna you know, live there for a while and maybe bring the wife back to America as later plans. That's sort of why you wanted to teach her English and stuff like that. Mm. Um, But, you know, I think it was... I thought it was a good transition. You saw someone that was very against it to having to do what he has to do, um, sort of seeing it as, well, he's a crooked cop, so it's okay if we kill him because really he's not a great guy anyway. Mm. Um, And But still at the same time being very, like, Mm -hmm. um, steadfast. and
0: Yeah, I I agree with pretty much all of what Kate said and I think it's 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 almost a survival thing for Michael. It's it's I think he realizes he either has to become uh the don or play play his part in the game or he will die. Like he he has this connection and he can't break it because he loves his family and also people are going to be like yeah, but you're the son of Don Corleone, so we're going to come after you regardless. Yeah. And I think Knowing that that made that decision maybe slightly easier for him, in mm. that it's like I have to do this or I'll die, yeah. and yeah. so I, I I sort of feel it's it, it is interesting, but there the, did also seem to be you know sort of a a willingness to take on that role. Like, you don't get the sense that he's doing this reluctantly. You do no. get this slight feeling, as opposed to his father, Vito, that he's actually kind of enjoying some of this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. like, that's, yeah, yeah I, think I, that's... I, think, I think there is definitely... He defi- was
1: talking about how he wants yeah. to go legitimate. And then, but in the end, you're like... Yeah, there's definitely uh, an know, element. I think you're just going to Las Vegas and still being not legitimate. Yeah, <laughs> there know? is definitely
0: an element of him being like, um, you know, he, he wouldn't have been expecting this. He would have been expecting one of his older brothers to have become the Don after uh, his father passed. Uh, But he's ended up with with the keys to the sweet shop. Yeah. And there is more and more of him becoming a bit of a tyrant towards the end of the film.
1: Uh, Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, definitely. He was sort of losing that.
0: But, But also part of that is that he's the Don. He has to be a bit of a tyrant. And particularly when you decide to take out the heads of the five, like the five families. Yeah um you you really have to go all in
1: yeah well the thing is is that that was that point where he was finally because even then when you know when his dad goes i'm semi-retired and even after his dad had died really um will be leading up to his death nobody was really taking him seriously they all kept you know considering him as the baby brother or kept trying to go back to you know the, you know to the godfather um you know um and i think everyone just saw him as sort of this baby um the younger brother and um and i think that sort of this sort of showed we're going to do a clean slate mm. which is funny cuz remember the guy when he was doing his first shooting he's like sometimes you need this clean slate it happens every 5 or 10 years and what Clemenza, happens I think so, yeah maybe. and then what happens is nearly what is it after that shootout he goes away then he's got a baby he's got a kid that kid's about you know three or four so it's been about another yeah. five or six years have passed and he cleans the slate completely mm. and like, and so um i thought that was mm. yeah very interesting but yeah the only time you saw burst out violence was at the end yeah when he, he gets slammed frustrated. his hand he gets frustrated but um uh, you know he was very i think again pacino like i was like holy crap he's so good just his eyes like you could see mm. he was so calm but you could tell there was danger in his eyes when he was sort of angry and and stuff like that. But unlike his brother, he didn't lose it. He didn't Mm. follow Mm. those. He sort of sat and he thought about it and he sort of got that from his his dad. And I think, you know, yeah, he did such a good job.
0: Mm. (laughs) So um, ultimately though, did you enjoy the film, Kate?
1: I really, really did. I'd want to watch the other ones. I've heard one of them's terrible. That would be um, three. Is that I three? I believe. Well, Godfather, Godfather. Godfather. I, I have
0: seen two or three. Godfather Two is, I think, the only sequel to have ever won uh, Best Picture
1: okay. Oscar. Because I know one was one had the director's daughter, and she was the one that was killed, and apparently she was a terrible actress, and it was a bad. Again, I've only. I've never watched it. Maybe that's number 3. I'm not mm, too sure. But
0: yeah, uh, number number 3 is the one that people go, uh, you can probably skip it." Um, yeah. but but overall, I, I suppose um we we've been trying to score the films that we've been watching out of 10, whilst being aware that movies are subjective and you can't necessarily put a numerical value on them. But give it a go. Uh what do you think uh, um, out of 10 for The Godfather?
1: I'd give it a good like. Um I'd give it a good s- 7 to 8, probably 8 maybe. Um, it was a really good movie. I think it's very dialogue heavy. Again, sometimes I got lost if I didn't have Alex here, me occasionally going, I felt like my mother. Who's that? <laughs> so Alex going, Oh. I um, felt
2: I felt like a horrible parent turning around to Stephen and Kate and they'd ask a question. I said, Well, if you stop talking, he you'd, you'd hear out. it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <but laughs> the thing is it is very dialogue heavy, uh, but not boring dialogue heavy. So yeah. but I would have to tell people if you're not into you feeling the tension, which we didn't even get around to talking about. That tension. Oh, oh we right. can
0: talk about it now. Um,
1: sorry, I was just um the tension throughout the film did s- such a they good did job an amazing job of building. I tension. thought no. when a scene, I was like, this person's going to get killed. Mm. This person and, and Alex going, Kate, no. And um, but the way that they build it, um, other than I knew the dead horse part, um, and but every other scene, I didn't know who was going to get taken next, and you could feel in that tension. That you don't really get in a lot of films anymore because they mm. take their time. Um, and even though you were talking about bef- the start of it before we even went inside, that how gritty it was, and it mm. wasn't gritty as in, you know, oh, this is so dark and brooding. But it was it was <laughs> gritty because um, in the sense that you felt that tension throughout mm. the whole thing. Like, <laughs> and sometimes was it was music. Sometimes terrible. it was shots. It was yeah. When I heard that really music, varied. every time that music came, I was like, oh. Someone's gonna die. Yeah. Um, there's
2: an orange. Oh no!
1: Oh look, there's someone in the back seat. You're gonna yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. Don't,
0: don't get in a car with someone <laughs> in the back, back seat, seat. Is yeah. what we've learned. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or if
2: there's if there's cannoli involved, yeah. just, totally. don't, just don't. Just keep don't oranges. All up. If yeah. you're
1: a horse, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but there was really good tension. So I think you need that. You needed the movie to be three hours. If it wasn't, I don't think it would have been the classic that it is now. And that being said, I unfortunately think a movie of couldn't be made today with that time Mm. really I mean I think the Avengers and stuff they were pretty long but I think two and a half hours is the most people give movies now maximum and it has to be a blockbuster like you know Jurassic World whatever like they have to know it's going to sell well I think The Godfather it's very there's so much going on yet Nothing's happening. And the, there's, there's you know, also
2: not a set formula, I think, in this film. The yeah. film ebbs and flows
0: mm-hmm. and there's plots so and subplots and, everywhere. And could be the whole partly, movie's a
1: giant subplot. I yeah, love it. it. It
0: could be because partly it's based on a book as well. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and yeah. the book is is you know, potentially written in a very different style to where you would do a traditional screenplay. Yeah. But I
2: think that's why I don't find... It's funny because even going back to, re, to watch this the second time, I, I was thinking, oh, three hours, three hours, three hours. But when you watch it, for me personally, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like, like three a three-hour film. It doesn't no. feel any longer than a normal film because the way that it's been made... It gives you all right. You really need to pay attention here. You really need to whatever. And then there are some physical bits, or so there are some bits that aren't as important. You get a really long section of spousal abuse, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's not very dialogue heavy, so that can sort of happen, and it and it breaks up some of the dialogue. And, yeah. And I think that's why it's a marathon, not a sprint.
1: Yeah. When you're watching. So it. I think if you're not if you're not a fan of those, I don't know if you would enjoy The Godfather, to be honest. Mm. If you're not a fan of of that um but i really enjoyed it um i think again probably um if i'd watched it when i was maybe 15 or something i don't think i would have enjoyed it i think it's definitely a movie that i sort of had to be a bit older to sort of really enjoy and appreciate so i think if you like that if you like gangster films like the sopranos if Mm. you if you like tarantino films you know i think you You'll enjoy this as well and, um, you know, yeah, so about eight for me. Yeah.
0: Okay, Alex, do you have a score out of ten?
2: Oh, this is so difficult because um, it really depends on the type of film and the. I don't, they're all just, are they better or worse? They're all just different. I, I'll, I'll go with a nine mm-hmm. but that's also on the proviso that I don't know if I could give out a ten to any film really. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not comfortable in giving top marks to... To something until I've sat down and really, really thought it through. But I think this movie offers a lot of things. Mm. I appreciate there are some big flaws in that it's mainly focused on on men only. There's there's a lot of stuff that that arguably is missing. But for a 1972 film, which is looking back into the forties, yeah, um, I think there's
1: nothing wrong with having a male dominated film. It was just very like watching it. For the first time, hearing a bit like, "Oh, this is such a man's film," you know, yeah. men really love it, and then watching it and going, "Holy crap!" That yep. was very mm. noticeable, I should say. But the, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It was think, a brilliant film. I think but...
2: it. I think it. It made sense in the context potentially yeah. of, of when it was when it was made and when it was made for. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So so I think it's it's. Brilliant in that way. It's really good that um, way. I mean, they're only
1: just starting to do mob television shows and films, you mm. know, in the last ten years, where it's been more from the females' point of view. So it's mm. not like it's a new thing. And really. I don't know how.
2: Uh, obviously, it's not. Oh, I don't imagine it's based on a true story, but obviously there were things like this going on in real life. It still and happens. Yeah. I really appreciate films that make history more accessible to people. Yeah. Uh, and and TV shows that also do that. So something that people can watch and go, oh my goodness, I now. Understand a bit more about what it might have been like in those days, or, yeah. or in that time, or in that place. Um,
0: I think it does that justice. Yeah. And so I think I'll give it a nine. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And uh, for myself, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It is a long film, mm. but it, I, I also agree that I think it needs to be. It 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 needs that time to breathe. You need yeah. that time. If to... it was
1: any shorter, I, I think it, everyone would go, oh, it was too like too much. That's yeah. A good and,
0: yeah. It it sort of. Um, it really lets you get, like, an actual connection with, with some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, like Tessio when he realises at the end that he's going to get taken out. Oh,
1: that scene. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, like, you, you actually do yeah. kind of
0: feel bad for him even though he's, like, betrayed a lot of the other characters that you were following with interest. Yeah. And that's a testament one to perhaps one of the best casts ever assembled in terms of, like, uh, oh, film acting. It was
1: so good. And just the eye just the eye acting, going mm. back to sort of, because it's a very masculine film, mm. the the idea of... um you know men don't really you know there was a lot of talking but at the same time they don't talk like the first killing i was going god they're doing a lot of like how they looked or the hat like Mm. how they were looking at each other gave a lot of way of what wasn't being spoken about i think all those actors like that scene that you're talking about was brilliant when he realized most of that scene was just how people were looking at each other Mm. and not actually dialogue and i think they did brilliant cast to sort of to have that sort of subtlety
0: yes but uh, if i'm gonna give it a score out of 10 i'm probably i i think i'm gonna have to go with eight decapitated horses out of 10 (laughs) as as my final score it's um no (laughs) yeah well, admittedly, because I, I don't want to kill any more than eight horses, but yeah. also I, I think it's. I'm going to go with nine death bringing oranges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine think.
1: Okay, mine's eight cannolis. Eight, eight <laughs> cannolis. <beautiful. laughs> All right. Well,
0: uh, that is uh, it for our look at The Godfather. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you very much, Stephen. And thank you very much, Kate.
1: Thanks for having me. That's okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, just a quick reminder to you at home uh, that we are uh, available online above uh, iTunes and Spotify. Mm. I, not Spotify, SoundCloud. I keep calling it Spotify. Um, <laughs>
1: Mate, don't get Spotify. Their app for free is bloody ridiculous. Okay. Um but Sound yeah SoundCloud. So, sorry we, we, SoundCloud is we, really we, good.
2: <laughs> we, as a, we as a group do not denounce Spotify <laughs> because if they would like to <laughs> oh, I yeah, like I'm sure, Spotify. I'm sure I'm sure I'm Spotify, not speaking on behalf of the Australian
1: government I, I, when I say sure, that I like Spotify. I'm sure specifically Spotify is listening. Mm.
0: You never know. They're hip. They, yeah, they they may enjoy they may enjoy this and go. We'd like you to be to be on there. So yeah, yeah. if they'd look,
2: like to give me free subscription, I I would like that.
0: Okay. Well, no, well I just for,
1: play the recommended list mm. over and <laughs> over. Sorry. That's okay. Well, I'm for
0: now, off. you can get hold of us on iTunes and on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. and you can also contact us uh, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page set up Ooh. just for this show. Just search for the Cinema Catch Up Club podcast, and Ooh, you can, can get they us there. You? You can poke me, you can like me, you can send suggestions for films that you'd like for us to review. uh, So please send them there. And also uh, just leave comments and give us feedback on the show and everything in general. That's pretty much it for today. So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, ciao. You guys can say ciao as well. Ciao. Ciao. (laughs)